0: Welcome to Eat This Scroll podcast where we study the Bible, teaching people how to study the Bible so that they can read their Bible, not just as information, but as food for their soul. I'm Eric Miller. With me today in the recording studio is Mr. Mark Russell. What up? Julia Miller. Hey there. And Jess Miller. Hi. No descriptive terms on who you are or what you do <laughs> today. We're just, uh, we're just rolling right along. <laughs> today, uh, if you get your Bibles uh, and are able to, please grab them go to uh, Philippians chapter 2, today we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 30, and Julia is going to read that for us and get us into it.
1: I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you but you know, Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. if I can say that right, uh, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me.
0: Awesome, Lord, open the eyes of our heart that we could see wonderful things from your word, Amen. Amen. Um, so, kind of a a little bit of like uh, some personal, um, comments here and some personal insight into Paul's personal life. And Paul was a real person. Uh, not that anybody didn't think that, but sometimes we can tend to not think of him as that. But he was just a real guy. And here uh, in this passage, generally speaking, what you have. The broad are that he's just speaking about. Two of his boys, his boys Timothy and uh, Epaphroditus. Um, so, what did you guys? What did you guys see? Let's start with Timothy first. He he comes first. Verses Timothy's talked about mainly verses nineteen through twenty-four. What jumped out at you about Timothy?
2: I think he just seems to set Timothy apart from these other people, whoever he's talking about, the ones that he might send. Um, and so he says pointedly, I thought this phrase was interesting. You know, Timothy's proven worth. Yeah. Uh, which is, sounds like high praise. How is a son and father? He has served with me in the, in the gospel. What seems to set him apart is right before that. He says, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, um, as opposed to Timothy, who is genuinely concerned for them. Um, I think there is too, again, backing up contextually, like Paul's been moving through this idea of Christ humility, put on yourselves, the mindset of Christ kind of consider others more important than you say, said all that early in chapter two, uh, that seems to be the mindset that Timothy has, I think, is that fair to say that is setting him apart? Yeah. I think that's carrying So in a sense, like you have Christ as an example, I think Paul is kind of an example Timothy also seems to be an example, and then he describes how that's the case. Yep. I don't know. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I agree. Girls, what else? What other the thoughts you see about Timothy there?
1: Would you say that's um, Timothy would be, or I guess Paul would be kind of mentoring Timothy?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, he he he, he doesn't do it here, does he? No, in m- many places though he he speaks about oh yeah no he does he the of idea son, of the of a son. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry no yeah. he does um, I was looking for the word child but because in other places he calls him his child yeah. um, in the faith yeah the, Timothy and Paul's uh, relationship was was very unique um, but yeah Paul was definitely a, a mentor to him and but it wasn't just uh, on just a personal level they were also workers. you know I would kind of uh, many times um, the Letters to First and Second Timothy and also Titus are referred to as the pastoral epistles. Um, uh, it's a little bit of a misconception. I would kind of argue that real technically speaking, although Timothy was kind of a pastor as well too, but he was more of like an apostolic co-worker. is like Paul would go into a place and he would, um, he would preach the gospel, see people saved, he would establish the church, and then many times he would leave Timothy uh, behind to kind of care for it and also set elders in place and help get the church established as Paul went out and kind of uh, uh, blaze new ground, um, uh, but yeah. What are some other? Is, can can yeah, we yeah, just jump yeah, in yeah. on that? Yeah, like,
2: sure. This is maybe no. just a question, like that we can think about. What is it? Because this. So again, coming back to the intro, like it. It's Paul and Timothy who are. He he introduces them right in verse one. What does that tell us about, like discipleship? I like. The fact that there is this father, he, that's how he describes him here, father and son. You brought up he uses the language of child and a lot of other places. But here, he's wanting to send Timothy to them um, for their benefit, also for his, which I yeah. think is interesting. We can talk about that maybe later. But
0: I don't know. Like, what is that? I Well, I don't know if this is where you're going or not, but my thought with it is is that in terms of discipleship, you have different... Um, Different dynamics in discipleship relationships. I think ideally um the the richest, most lacking type of discipleship relationship is that of a father to a son or like a mother to a daughter in discipleship relationships. I think that um so disciples because we are disciples and discipleship is not just one thing we do, it's literally everything we do. There's, I mean, even in the, doing this podcast together, I would argue we're, we're all discipling each other as we open God's Word, and it's ultimately the yeah. Holy Spirit and the Word of God doing it. Um, but uh, but there's also more specific kind of categories of that, and one of them that you see in the scriptures is kind of like this father to a son or, you know, mother to a daughter for for females. Um, and I think that that's the one that's, that's lacking a lot. I think we should pursue it. I think that, uh, I mean, I have... This kind of goes down a whole nother rabbit trail, but I've got a lot to say on this. I think this is I I wish that older men and older women would live with this mindset. Like this is what you are called to do. Like um and uh and it's a really, really, really big deal. And it, it actually ends up being a really big deal for the continuance of healthy churches because Paul Yes, he was there. He started it, but he could not stay. He was called as an apostle to keep going, keep trailblazing. But he leaves somebody It's not like that he just, like, uh, I don't know, he didn't just, like, interview Timothy from a distance and, like, gave him a little doctrinal survey. You know, it, Timothy had served with him as a son, serves with his father. And so there's this mentorship, kind of apprenticeship dynamic, but it's also father-son, and so it's, it's super important. If
1: I can add something to that, um, just along those lines, I would say personally for me, the biggest growth that I've seen in my life has just come from um, being (coughs) discipled and like, you know, through mentorship. um, Just having somebody come alongside me and challenge me um, has been one of the biggest things in my life. Um, Just keeping me accountable. 100%.
0: 100%. No, I would say that it works. Actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> when, we, when, we do what the, when we do what the Bible, what the Bible <laughs> models for us. <laughs> I think it's interesting just like this idea
2: of, I don't know, I, th- I just think about that language like son, father and son, this idea of child, but then we're getting to the point eventually where it's not like Timothy's not just completely dependent on him anymore, like a father and son would be. There's this, and I think even that analogy is helpful in talk. It kind of lays the framework for different stages of that, that there's growth that takes place that eventually it is, you know, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, Epaphroditus, he talks about as a fellow worker. So it's actually this, and that's kind of what you brought up with Timothy's, you know, office or function in the new Testament, um, kind of a coworker idea, but it, but he, but he, he started very dependent, yeah. probably child in the faith. And, mm-hmm. but now through again, faithful discipleship relationship, teaching all of that stuff. He's at a point where he's the one that, that uh, Paul's ministry is actually, like, it's continuing on through Timothy. It's an extension of him literally. And I think even that in discipleship, we can take that. And it's, that's the ministry of the church. It's Christ's ministry. Now it's this it's this work, like that this would happen and keep happening and extend further and further.
3: Yeah, I think it's a successful model of what discipleship looks like. And just like we're always hearing about in church, you know, we are to be disciples who are making disciples. We need to be discipled so that we ourselves can be making other disciples. And I, I have also seen in my own life when I have been discipled by an older woman in the faith that, you know, she disciples me, but I've also seen the fruit that happens when I take that and use that to disciple other people, and I guess the the spiritual rewards that come through that of seeing other people grow in their faith. I think that is kind of the model that Paul and Timothy laid out for us here.
0: Yeah, and some of it is so maturity doesn't necessarily come with natural age, but there is that is also a, a part of it. Is sure. like is just natural age dynamics is like seeking out somebody older than you. Not just uh, naturally or physically, but but also spiritually, mm-hmm. um, is kind of an ideal thing to hit for. Again, I, I think that um, as you, uh, yeah, as as you grow in your faith, discipleship will throughout different seasons of your life will look slightly different. It definitely, like, I, I think even there's a case to be made that as you really just would do a, a case study on Paul and Timothy and the, just the dynamics of their relationship with the information that we're given in the New Testament as as they get as they grow in that and like second timothy would be the place where it's at the very end of paul's life he still refers to him as his son in the faith there's still that but there's also more of like a peer-to-peer you know relationship i on a natural level like my my oldest son just turned 18 which makes me feel no cover yeah (laughs) just just leave it alone It, it and it's actually like somewhat i don't know I don't just want to reminisce here, but it's like I, like I, I, I feel I do feel I do feel feel old, but it's also makes me smile a little bit at the like the the way our relationship has kind of changed yeah. changed over the years. Um, I do you know I probably I do sound just like that old dad or whatever but i do literally remember like holding him in the hospital for the very first time (laughs) when he when he first came out you know and now of course you know he's taller than me and you know and just our the dynamics of our relationship change anyway all that to say sorry for being weird and sappy there but like (laughs) but like it that's that's what discipleship that's what discipleship is and and you know and i'm proud of the man that he is and that he's that he's becoming and um and there should there should be that you know as we grow and that's man to to invest in these relationships is so important like um you will never have more joy in the long term than having somebody pour into you and also pouring into somebody else mm-hmm. in these types of mm-hmm. relationships again not everybody is one thing you have to be careful of is like not everybody is going to be your child in the faith, not 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 everybody is, and not everybody is going to be like your mother or father in the faith. But there are there are those unique people that, for every individual, I I think um, we should pursue it and yeah. pray about it and and ask ask for it.
2: That uh, I know we so just with Timothy, he does kind of use similar language there. I know I mentioned Epaphroditus and. He calls him a fellow worker, but Timothy, he actually says right there, he has served with me in the gospel. And so, again, that very clear picture. Here, can I throw another question out? Yeah, sure. What, uh, so
0: what if I'd have said no? Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> would have just kept rolling. You've done it anyway. Sorry. Uh, <laughs>
2: so Paul, on one hand, like he talks. It, it almost sounds like a little selfish. I don't know. Like right there at the beginning, he part of this is so that I too may be cheered uh by news of you. He said he makes a similar statement at the end, I think it is is that verse 29 or 30 in there, but he he says uh that I may be less anxious. Um we talked about this idea in the in the previous one about, you know, Paul, he's he wants to be proud of his work kind of so that he hasn't labored in vain. Is like on one hand, even backing up, he's telling us not to be selfish, but now he seems to be a little concerned with his own like, yeah, cheer and happiness. I, how do you make sense of that? I, Any thoughts? Like, why? Right. Why is he being selfish? Is he not? Why?
0: I, I think it goes together like, I don't know, hand and glove, like peanut butter and jelly. I, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Go. Um, but it 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 fits together perfectly. Is because Paul is also working in Christ, for the glory of God, for his own joy. And um, and, in doing, and in doing that, he's seeking to have other people be, uh, be healthy as well as himself be healthy. I think probably the, the place you most succinctly see this is would be in the dynamics of a husband and wife and what Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 5 when he talks, and he says this straight up. I mean, just think about this verse. The man who loves his wife loves himself. Right, Like he just says it. And again, it's a picture of Christ in the church that Christ works with us for our joy, but he's also working for his own joy in sanctifying for himself a bride, a, a church for himself. So it's not, the, the point being is that it's not an, an either or. Um, it's good. Can, can mm-hmm. I, I One other thought on this. Maybe I should wander down this, but do it. we'll let you ask the question. <laughs> but And I want to be really, everybody, give me a lot of grace here. I'm going to try to qualify it. As much as I possibly can, hear the context of what we've just said. Okay. So like, excited. okay, but but we talked, though, though Conrad, or sorry, Conrad's in here. Conrad doesn't have a mic, so it's like I. <laughs> <laughs> Conrad's running the soundboard today, but um, but Conrad, you know, was one of the people that that uh, was an elder from the beginning and helped start the church. Is now our executive pastor, but one of the things we said, and this would be, the, I would please don't. Take this little phrase and run with it, and say something that I'm not saying is what I'm trying to qualify here. But when we started the church, we, one of the things we we said, with all the caveats of, of course, we want to obey Jesus in the Bible and what what is God calling us to do. But we also said we just want to start a church that we would want to attend, right? Right? Uh, Conrad's nodding his head for this. <laughs> um, but but it's that it's that I feel like it's a similar idea. Like sometimes we over we overthink like discipleship and ministry and stuff is like now obviously when i say when i say that it's not that we just started mercy of like just all our own favorite i don't know desires or preferences or stuff like that like obviously we we're bound to the word of god and jesus christ is lord but at the same time like we were actually in starting the church we were also working for our own joy um in that i think would be the takeaway and again so again hopefully you see the principle of what how we
2: yeah i it's that's good. I uh, as, you're, as you're talking about that, it's helpful because, again, just thinking in context of where he's coming from, he's just told us to follow the example of Christ who emptied himself and takes that all the way down to death on a cross, and that's what we're now to walk in. So that's one side of it. On the other side of it, he's saying like, essentially, this is where your greatest joy is going to be found, which is crazy again like you put those things side by side and it we we would never come up with that on our own
0: like well, you, you i, I never to, imagined it, that but mm-hmm. you have to make those two ideas kiss yeah okay Is, is that so, <laughs> sorry <laughs> i feel peanut butter and jelly sorry i'm i'm really struggling with the analogies today but i think that it's i think that's right it's great. but but so even at that's the end Paul's of that passage at the, <laughs> i should have just said well, who else has another thought um but even at the end of the kenosis passage there in chapter 2, so again, well, that's what Paul's talking about, you know, humbling himself right, by okay. coming obedient to the point of death. You know, you know, Eric, you're saying work for your own joy, but, you know, Christ didn't do that. Well, listen, but then he but then he finishes it out, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hebrews chapter 12 says that, you know, putting putting our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And if you're going to ask me what was the joy that was set before him, it was looking to the other side of the cross and okay. seeing what his sacrifice and the redemption that he purchased on the cross was purchasing, which was a bride for himself. Um, that isn't selfishness. It's... It, it's the whole thing of our joy and God's glory being perfectly united. Um, our joy, not only, uh, yeah, also our joy in other people's joy and, and working mm-hmm. for that. They, they perfectly go together. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the only reason yeah. it struggle like we struggle to make sense of it is
2: because of sin. Like that's it. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's essentially the process he's been laying out and talking about is putting those things off, putting new things on, seeing, looking ahead to this you know the final completion of this work and we're we're
0: just in the midst of that right now um but yeah no it's good yeah just just straight look at look at verses 19 through 24 again let's try to just observe here okay so in terms of bible study um and i know i'm putting everybody on the spot um but uh for those of you listening we honestly have not prepped for this okay but um but what just observations about Timothy? Like, if you're just looking at this, okay, he's talking about Timothy. What can we, what can we learn about Timothy? One thing is he's Paul considers him his son or child or child in the faith. Um,
3: we can also see that Timothy and Paul were close because Paul's saying he wants to be cheered by news of you. So we know that Timothy is going to be in correspondence with Paul regularly. So they must be close.
0: Yep, he was he was unique. We've already kind of mentioned this, and, and by unique, I just mean he says, you know, I have no one else like him. Um, uh, what else do we see?
3: He's also unique in that he's. I think Mark said this already, but he is not seeking Timothy's not seeking his own interests. Um, he's dedicated to Christ.
0: Right. He's sincere, genuine. Um, again, even just that little phrase, uh, he's genuinely concerned. For your welfare, um,
2: I think there's a parallel to there too. With so in that verse, he's concerned for your welfare. The next verse, and this would be more of a contrast, I think, as opposed to the ones who seek their own interests. There, it's not those of Jesus Christ. So even there, right. I think it's a yeah. Um, like those things seem to be viewed in the same light: the interest of Christ and then also the interest of uh, of these other people.
0: Yeah, um, anything else on Timothy? Paul trusts him, you know. Um, He's Paul a servant. Good. He's a servant, yeah. Um, and he cared He cared a lot for the church. Overall good guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overall homeboy. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. Good dude, what's
1: that? 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10, there you go. Okay, so let's move on just for the sake of time here to Epaphroditus, um, who's listed later on, starting in verse 25. Uh, he says, I have... Thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and then here's a couple of uh, quick hitters. Um, so notice how Epaphroditus is described here: fellow um, brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need. Um, also, overall, good. Overall good yeah. That's, that's good a dude. bio right there. Yeah, that's that's a, a good that's a that, yeah. solid. Especially if Paul good but, on a church yeah, website, yeah, yeah, like, like if the Apostle Paul was saying this about you, yeah, yeah he puts yeah. this back yeah, in yeah, the book, signed by Paul, yeah, <laughs> yeah, forward of the book by Paul, yeah, I've seen some good bios about. on church websites, yeah. and this would this would stack up. Nice. <laughs> this is up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? What else do we see or know about Epaphroditus, or what, what jumped out at you? Well, it sounds like section.
3: he's taking care of Paul, and yeah. that he was not originally from. It sounds like he is from. Philippi, because he's saying that Epaphroditus has been longing for you all and has been distressed, so he was also ill because it says you yeah. heard that he was ill, he was near to death,
0: yeah not just, not just like he had a cough I mean it was he yeah. was near He was really sick, it was near death, yeah,
3: but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow, so Paul's saying that he would have been really sad, you know if this illness had left to led to death, so yeah. obviously they're very close. Epaphroditus is taking care of Paul. he is originally from Philippi, and Paul is eager to send him back again. he trusts Epaphroditus um he says that I may be less anxious once the um once he is sent back to Philippi so that he can receive news from the church
0: yeah um no that's good i got anybody got anything else on Epaphroditus if not I've got a thought i want to take us or'' a little, no. want to take us down is that um I this is going to seem simple I'm not saying it's super profound but I think it's missed all the time and that is I think that in these verses and several other places in Paul's letters you see this clear uh, call description that ministry was absolutely meant to be done as a team that it's not just um individuals and I mm-hmm. think that we I think that we miss this all the time um we'll probably talk about this on the Bride Body Family Temple podcast at some point where we talk about all things church. But uh, but just, I, I see this in pastors all the time, is that pastors are expected to just, like pastors can be many times just hired um, by another local church and they're just kind of expected to be brought in as the professional to make everything uh, run smoothly. It's just not the way it works. Um, every person, whether they're a pastor, elder, um, just... Yeah, partner, member of a local church. We're all just one. Every person is just one part of the body, and whatever God has called you to do, He's not called you to do it alone. Including the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. he had not just Timothy and Epaphroditus, but um, you know, you read the book of Acts. You know, Luke ends up traveling with him. Um, this is really the yeah. Uh, this is you. You will find this a lot many times at the end of Paul's letters. It's kind of unique that he mentions some individual people here in the middle of his letter um, in this regard. But many times, like at the end of Colossians, some of the end of his letters, he mentions those that are with him. But again, the thing that you'll glean from that is that Paul was never by himself. Mm-hmm. He was operating as as part of a team.
2: Do you think you can take that a step further here? I th- Well, I don't know. I'm interested to hear thoughts in general, but not just team, but but the need might be too strong, but maybe wisdom um, in some level of like relational uh I don't know, like anything there, relation being there in terms of doing ministry with people and so you reference this kind of which I think is a bit of a culture but also just reality of mm-hmm. um you know we have people come in and preach once and do a Q and A and maybe visit for a couple of days and it's a few hours and then you know that a church makes a decision on someone based on that. And it that may be in the context of a team still is kind sure. of the point. But do you w- would you do you see that? Can Would you argue for that at all? Would you argue from that here even? How would you think I, about that I, idea? Just so I think you could argue. Some of the, sorry, can I just preface yeah. this too? Some of this is like a conversation around, like in all of these things, we. part of it is trying to, and this is maybe a larger just Bible study point for like New Testament, uh, but identifying things that are just descriptive and maybe things that are prescriptive that yeah. we should always see in the church. So that's kind of what the question I'm asking, I guess, is where. Yeah, would well, you? it's
0: it's descriptive here, but again, it's you have to ask the question why Why do we have this description? And I think the sure. the answer is because I think there's something for us to uh, at least pursue and model on some level. I would say both from the Bible, but also um, just in practical experience, um, you <laughs> you have to like the people that you serve with. Like you, I, I think it's a very overlooked thing. I think. Um, you, like you have to actually get along, <laughs> like, like, um, and if I and if I could, like, it's it's very it's a very real thing that, um, many times people serve together on teams or on church elder boards, deacon boards, I don't know, women's ministry teams, whatever. And again, God puts us with people that are not like us; like we're not all the same. Um, there we're going to be differences. There's going to be differences. But you have to actually just be friends, like, and you have to have some chemistry, for lack of a better word. Like, can can you work together well uh, with with that person? I think it's a very very um, important thing in terms of, like, especially in like creating culture in a church. Is like you you can't like I don't know if I mean if if I if I did not like Conrad. <laughs> He was so – Conrad's really – we're using him a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, if I did not like Conrad, even if he would be qualified, like, I don't know that I would put – I'm sure that I would be the one to go, not him, but <laughs> – but, <laughs> but, uh, but, like, but like, uh, like I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Like and you church. would and, and and honestly it would filter down into having a miserable church as well. It really it really well, there's, would. There's like, some part of what sticks out with me, this is just
2: real quick, but what sticks out to me about this is there seems to be and this is throughout I think the book, like there seems to be a way in which Timothy, Epaphrodite, these people around him are who are sharing in the work are are fueling in a sense Paul and in, in pressing helping helping him press on and mm-hmm. Doing the same thing, like we know, we know it's not easy for anybody. We know that it was not easy for Paul and all the things that he went through. And so, in light of that, part of what is keeping him going, in a sense, is this these relationships and being able to look out and see real fruit. You know, not just among the churches, but also the specific people that he's uh, maybe spent more time and given given more relational
0: discord to throughout. Yeah, uh, throughout time and, and again, just knowing that. Um, I think in any team, too. Uh, even as we're studying this, some people might be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're familiar with Paul, obviously. But did, did you even know that there was a dude named Epaphroditus? Maybe you'd heard of Timothy, too, because he's got a couple letters written to him. But, like, here's this, this guy Epaphroditus, and he was, man, he was a he was a faithful brother in the Lord. Um, he almost, at, at one point, you know, uh, gave his life. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say he was necessarily martyr or something but it was in his in his work and in his labor um you okay. know it wasn't it, it wasn't easy i mean they were yeah. traveling i mean you, you, i'm uh, this isn't exactly true with him specifically but like you read about some of paul's journeys and stuff and the people that would, i mean they were shipwrecked it's <laughs> they weren't just flying around yeah. you know first <laughs> class yeah. staying in five-star hotels i mean um they went they went through some stuff um, and uh, in order to be a faithful minister, and you think about the descriptions earlier, again, let's look at fellow worker, brother, but also fellow soldier. Like mm-hmm. Epaphroditus was a soldier, you know? Like yeah. he he got after it. He knew that that was, uh, that that was the work. I'm going to add that you to know? my church bio. I think. That's <laughs> it. Can I just slip one of these in? Yeah, can <laughs> I? Fellow <laughs> <fellows. laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Conrad will put that on yeah. here afterwards. If you go check out Mark's bio on the Mercia <laughs> website, fellow soldier. I'm going to erase everything. <laughs> just, just fellow fellow soldier. Um, we got we got to begin to wrap up here just for the sake of time. But what what are what are some? Let's go around again. Just just kind of your guys' takeaways uh, from Mark. We'll start with you this time and go around. The other
2: way. I think one thing that we didn't hit on that just sticks out to me real quick is just the. The, the kind of the, I don't know, it says of Epaphroditus, he's been longing for you and he has been distressed uh, because you heard that he was ill. And again, just this like very deeply kind of emotional, like this yeah. isn't just, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. fake. This is, and I don't know, I just, I, I know that I don't think we have a ton of that in church, honestly, at least not in the context that I've grown up in and been in. I know I I... I've probably not had a ton of that in my own just personal life, but that that we would, again, be so moved by this and shaped by what the Bible's laying out that that we would genuinely have these types of feelings towards one another.
0: They had a heart. You go back to Timothy 2, genuinely concerned that he was had been longing for them. Like, these, these guys had the right heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Julia?
1: Um, I would say the biggest encouragement to me in this passage was probably just what it actually looks like to be unified. Um, just the relationship between Timothy and Paul and then Paul and Epaph- Aphrodite's I still can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> a hard <laughs> one. <laughs> but yeah, just like, just the way that like, it just, they all come together in unity. And also I like what you said about um, liking the people that you're, you know, working with on the team, whether it's, yeah. you know, church and everything. Um, that is very important. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't you kind of feel like sometimes in the church we can kind of like. Nitpick. <laughs> well, well, nitpick or just like, well, I don't really like them, but, you know, I'm just suffering for the Lord here. I'm going to try to like. And sometimes yeah. there are those rela- where it's like, you know, we, we need to work with people that are different mm-hmm. than us. But We're glad to hear that Julia values that. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> as, especially as the new as hire <laughs> assistant. Hopefully yeah. in a few months she feels. We were nervous, way. but. We're <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Julia. Uh,
1: yeah. uh, that's just basically what I had. Like, Yeah, yeah just unity and um, just a good reminder to um, enjoy the people that you work with. And I'm sure we'll love to work with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two days, but... Yeah, <laughs> we'll
0: take it.
3: Awesome. Well, the takeaway that I had was, I think it is interesting, and Eric, you mentioned this, but... It is unusual for Paul to mention specific people throughout his letters. Normally, he only does it at the beginning of the end. So I think it's very clear that he was holding up Timothy and Epaphroditus, holding them up to the Philippi- um, Philippians as examples of yeah. what it means to, I think, work out your own faith with, with fear and trembling. You know, they, Going back to the previous passage, they had um, the love of the Lord, which inspired them to you know, stay near to Paul and to encourage him and then um, being soldiers for the Lord and, and fellow workers in Christ.
0: Yeah. No, uh, no, that's, that's, that's all good. I don't have anything else to really add other than just the verse 30, just because we didn't fully get there. One more descriptor of uh, Epaphroditus, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, ri- risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. And just that uh, he went both ways, of both ministering to ministering to Paul, but also ministering to the church. Um, And I think for me, I think the whole conversation that we had about discipleship and just ministry being done uh, as a team is something that everybody needs to hear and really begin to apply to their life. Again, don't just um, take, this would be by way of application here, if you've never been discipled or if you have never discipled someone else, like been intentionally engaged in pouring into just one person for the sake of helping them become Mature in Christ. Uh, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Just, uh, just do that. But we hope that this episode has helped you uh, read the Bible in such a way that it hasn't just been information, but is food for your soul. We'll talk to you next time.